Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk. Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. Today, we have Kenny Mercado, who's Centerpoint Energy's Senior Vice President of Electric Utility. Hi, Kenny. Marty, how are you doing today? Great. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for including us at Centerpoint Energy. We really appreciate it. Our pleasure. So, uh, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these facts, you have four and a half million gas customers in eight states, but we're going to be focusing on the electric side with two and a half million uh, electric customers in the Houston area and southwest Indiana, correct? Yeah, that's, that's close enough. That's correct. Okay, and generation, 1,300 megawatts in Indiana, and that's the ballpark. That is correct. So CenterPoint fashions itself as a vision of being America's premier energy delivery company. Why don't you take a, a few moments and, and tell our podcast audience what that means to you? Yeah, we're very fortunate. We've, you know, we've lived our vision for over 15 years uh, as our company was put in place back post-deregulation in the state of Texas, way back at the early uh, 2000 timeframe. And around 2008, we had an idea to, you know, to invest in, in, a, in a digital platform, uh, utilizing the smart meter and the systems of backhauling the data within the, that smart meter platform. And we went forward with that plan with the, with the support of the Regulatory Commission in Texas and uh, with our local communities and with the help of a smart grid investment grant from the federal government, Department of Energy, we were able to accelerate an investment in smart metering and, and a distribution intelligent grid, uh, bringing a more modern platform into the marketplace, uh, which enabled us to kind of open up uh, a new uh, era of technology in the space that we serve, a very competitive market space that we serve here in Houston, Texas. And so uh, that was a, a, a really important milestone. And, and we completed that work back around 2012, 13. And since then, as we continue down this leadership journey, we have worked hard to increase the, the digital um, technology advancements in our intelligent grid, in our customer facing uh, platform serving our customers and in our mobile management of our workforce, our crews in the field, such that whatever we do within our operations, we can bring those benefits more transparently uh, to the market and enable the market to be successful uh, across our, our state. So we're sitting here today, it's 2020, and I always think about where we were in 2010, and we thought a lot about 2020 many years ago, and I Never thought 2020 would be so miserable <laughs> back in 10, 2010. So let's just for a minute, let's, let's take away the bad that's occurred in 2020 and let's focus on all the, uh, the good things that are, that are occurring. And, and in our state here in Texas, the competitive market continues to advance. And I would argue that it's advanced itself, you know, years ahead of, of many other places. I think we have a leadership model, uh, not only in, in, uh, in the Southwest region of the U.S., but across the country and all across the globe. 
And I, and I believe that uh, there's no place on earth that I'd rather be today than have the delivery business that we lead here in Houston because it, it's enabling so much advancements. Uh, when we talk about low carbon and the future of low carbon, today we can see it much brighter than we could 10 years ago. And I genuinely believe that we are uh, front and center and developing uh, not just our company, but our, our market in Texas is, is bringing very affordable, very efficient, very sustainable, very reliable, and we will continue to work hard as we modernize the grid to bring uh, a, a mother nature proof grid to serve our communities in, in, our, in our area. So I'll stop there and, and, and pause for your, your comments. Yeah, there's a lot to digest there. And I'm going to ask you just straight up, uh, Texas and California are the largest states in this country. Um, and they've had significant nightmares recently in terms of power shortages, even after making considerable investments in some of the same digital technology that you've deployed in Texas. What do you think is the difference there? Is it a business model difference? Is it a regulatory model difference? Is the technology different or is it the same technology? Yeah, you used the word nightmare. I, I'm not sure I understand that comment, but I, I would say that in Texas... Outages, power outages. Power outages? Yeah. Okay, tell me more about well, what you mean. I'm not sure I understand, but let's, let's, let's focus on your question, which is around the differences. And I, and I haven't worked in California. I don't know all the political policies and whatnot, but in, in the state of Texas... We really do genuinely say that the wholesale market is competitive and the retail market is competitive. And so uh, many entities can, can uh, participate and, and it enables the, the real uh, evolution of technology to come to the forefront. And we make investments across the supply chain. We make uh, investments that really provide choice to the customer. So, if you're if you're a resident in in Texas, you have a, you have a, just a laundry of choice around what you want to meet your personal needs and your personal expectations. And I think that's really the driving force behind the success in Texas. So, some states. Um Utilities have gotten f further ahead, and I'm not particularly rem making a remark about your situation, but they've made investments where regulators thought the rewards were too slow to arrive. Uh, do you think there's a problem of investments in getting and the policy not being evolved hand in hand? And have you been able to avoid that in Texas? Um, I think we've been able to avoid it in Texas. We, we, you know, we are in front of. The challenges, we are proactive. The price that we pay for electricity here is is reasonably low in terms of the, the options that are available to me. And at the same time, the, the, the ability to have a cleaner supply in terms of how I design my, my personal choice around my electric rates, I have that flexibility. Um, we we've been able to kind of stay ahead because we the the investments we make on on the generation side have have been consistent with the investments that we make on the wire side as well as on the retail side and so you have really strong experts in the wholesale space the retail space and in the, the wire space that are working in a in a real collaborative way under the the guidance and leadership of uh, ERCOT so we 
we, we have opportunities to, to voice ourselves, provide good input, to provide good collaboration. And at the end of the day, we're getting, I think, uh, good solutions for the customers that we serve. What could you tell us and our, our listeners about what the edge of the grid is looking like yeah. in the area of meter to meter communications? And to what extent do you think you're, and I think you alluded to this earlier, the future of the industry is arriving first in your territory. Tell us a little bit of, of what that looks like. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the edge today is, we're, we're seeing a lot of attention in multiple areas. We're seeing we're seeing a lot of attention in distributed generation and, and in small solar services. We're seeing storefronts with the ability to provide power locally to the marketplace and, and have opportunities to, to use that, that power to, to compete in the market. Historically, your power was always brought in one way from, from a large plant down to the consumer. Now we're beginning to see an increased supply of very small players that are, are accumulating their, their value to the marketplace and enabling even more technology to really participate in that market space. Uh, it provides a resiliency factor on the backup potential when, when power is lost. It provides real-time competitive pricing opportunities when you know the, the conditions are, are, are right in, in, in the marketplace. We're seeing more battery. We're beginning to see a little bit more around the battery area uh, where we think we'll start to see more developers bring in batteries at the utility scale size in, in, in the near future, probably in the next couple of years. We're definitely seeing a significant increase in, in uh, utility scale solar. And that solar is being developed inside the footprint of the load centers, such as Houston and probably other cities across the state. And so, you know, we're, we're adding more and more renewable supply closer to the load. We're beginning to add more battery supply uh, in, in, the, in the next year or two. And then consumers, uh, at least in the commercial space, are just putting a little bit more resiliency behind the meter or behind closer to their loads to provide uh, their, them the opportunity to participate. Those are some of the big areas that are occurring here in, in the near term. Is that why you feel so confident that you're really going to take a big bite out of the carbon emissions in your area? Yeah, if you look, if you just look at our market today, we have, I don't know, close to 25,000 megawatts of wind supplying the state of Texas. It'll be about 30,000 megawatts in less than a year. That's, a, that's the largest supply of wind in the world. And then solar is probably about 3,000, and it'll be close to 6,000 in less than a year. So when you combine those two alone, that is almost 35,000 megawatts of capacity that within a year will be available to our customers. And so uh, that becomes a real important component of the, 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 the idea of electrification. So, Marty, let's talk a little bit more about electrification. If you continue to clean the supply where the, the wholesale environment is providing more and more sustainable, cleaner generation to serve the, the market, then your loads, your industrial loads, your commercial loads, and even your residential loads, they're going to drive more electrification because they're going to want more of that source. They're going to want more of that clean supply coming into their, their service. And so 
you're going to see the electrification of transport uh, moving faster than most people anticipate. And we're already beginning to see some of that here in, in the Texas, definitely here in the Houston area. Uh, and as you electrify transport, imagine how more dependent the, the electric grid becomes to support transportation in addition to just your, your electrical loads. Um, so the opportunity uh, for electrification inside the industrial and the uh, commercial areas will continue to expand as we think a little bit differently and a little bit more innovatively about how to reduce the carbon. Everybody has to contribute. It's not a utility area any longer. It's, it's, it's the utility industry. It's the transport industry. It is the industrial industry. It is the building industry. From a collaborative perspective, how do we work closer together to bring that low carbon future faster than, than it has been in the past. Well, it sounds like load balancing is gonna become a much more complex proposition. And it seems like, and just talking to your side, that the arrival of all these digital tools will make it much easier to provide the orchestration to have it all happen. Yeah, our grid has been around for over a hundred years. It's still evolving. Um, it is moving at a much more rapid pace today than it has in, you know, ever in, in, in its past. The good thing is, is we've got engineering minds that are well prepared and are planning the, the you know, the grid of the future. And, and we have good leadership. We have reasonably strong policies that help us as well. There's a lot of good things that contribute to success. And uh, I like to think of our, our engineers and our, and our operations, the operators of our grids are very important and have been really critical links to the success getting us to this point. And those same operators and engineers that we're now hiring, a lot of them are coming out of our, out of our academic uh, areas and we're bringing them in and they bring a fresh uh, insight on how to think about digital platforms differently than, than we have in the past. All this is really generating new value uh, as well as new opportunities. You've alluded to, to 2020 being a, a horrible year. <laughs> Let's talk for a second about both the pandemic and the uh, unending chain of hurricanes that seem to be arriving on the Gulf Coast. Um, to what extent has all this technology innovation and uh, investment prepared you to better harden your grid? And what do you see down the road as other things that could be done? Yeah, it's a good, it's a really important question. We're on our fifth hurricane. It's now uh, just within 24 hours of hitting the Gulf Coast, the fifth hurricane to hit the Gulf Coast this year. Uh, you know, I've been working in this industry for third, over 30 years, and I've never seen a year like 2020. And when you couple that with COVID, we, we've all, you know, that we're, we're all in this working through COVID together. Uh, it, it is challenging and it, it's, it's trialing. Um, but on the other hand, we, we have, we've worked hard to prepare ourselves for these types of mother nature, you know, related phenomenons. And we, we've worked through digital capabilities. There, there's just so much more you can do today, Marty, that, that you can do remotely than you could do uh, you know, 15, 10 years ago, we can, we know now that our workforce and still today, our customer service agents are working from home. We know that we, we are well equipped with technology to see everything in real time and to understand data, you know, real, real big data in a, in a real time format. 
And then we use that data uh, to provide insight on where problems are occurring, how to prepare ourselves, where do we need to, to solve those problems from a root cause perspective? How can we get in front of the customer and communicate with them socially? And uh, they don't use phones anymore, so we've got to communicate in their channel, not in our channels. And how effective can we communicate with them in a near real time to reduce their worries and, and reduce their fears and enable uh, very competent workers and, and engineers and operators to do their jobs seamlessly and keep a very important economy moving forward. So we, we've been tested, no, no question about it this year, and, uh, and our peers uh, along the Gulf Coast have been tested from South Texas to Florida and definitely in Louisiana. I was chairman of the, the largest mutual assistance organization up until July of this year. And, you know, our job is to bring crews all around the state and, and uh, across the states. We bring our trained crews as either receiving or giving in advance to prepare utilities so they can be committed to restoring services to their customers as quickly and safely as possible. So we, we as an industry are highly collaborative and work very well together to reduce that impact of whatever Mother Nature brings to us. Is a more distributed grid and increased intelligence just by definition a more secure grid against all these weather um, disruptions coming your way? It's, it, it is an all-the-above answer to that question. It, that is a part of it. It's not all of it. You need the large generation. You need the small contributors. You need the, the, the wires companies. You need your supply chain you need government working together. We need our cities and our counties. We need our state. And, you know, um, it, sometimes it's blocking and tackling. Being in, in Lake Charles a few weeks ago, right after a hurricane, the first thing you need is you got to clear the road. So you can't, you can't get from A to B because there's so much damage from trees and, and um, infrastructure, you know, uh, and wind-related uh, uh, impacts. So step one is who, who's there within the local government to help the utilities, all the utilities get from point A to point B is very, very important to us. So it's, a, it's an all-in approach where we work very closely with our county emergency operations, our city emergency operations, our state and our federal government, and then our, our utility peers. So let, let's turn a, a little bit in a, in a different direction, you uh, alluded to the fact that you started erecting this digital platform in 2008. And 12 years in, you have $33 billion in assets. Um, as you've deployed state-of-the-art AMI and a host of other technologies, is the investment phase going to start winding down a little bit? Or no. do you see comparable levels of spend in, in the coming decade? Yes, we... Our overhead systems across our country still need more hardening investments. They still need more modernization of technology. I, I can only speak for my utility, but I'm only about one-fifth the way there. I've got more and more important investments ahead of me to be hurricane resilient, to be flood resilient, to be wind resilient. I, there, there is very important investments, creating really good jobs and providing very important value to our economies. 
And there's still uh, significant work ahead of us in, in this utility space and in our industry. So we, we, we have started, we've, we've, we've created a, a very good uh, beginning. We have a, a very uh, reliable uh, and long-term investment plan. Uh, and we have to keep the journey moving forward to be successful. What, uh, what are some of the bells and whistles of new kinds of things that you'd like to roll out in the coming few years? Yeah, we, we, we need to continue to uh, – a couple of things. I mean, having visibility is, is very, very important. So we need to continue to improve our ability to, to sense hazards. Sen- sensing is really a big deal. We need to be able to, to, to advance our ability to protect against those hazards. So digital technology that protects being able to see, being able to protect, and then we need to continue to put more uh, technology into our equipment that our crews use, whether it's their drive, how they drive or how they operate. We need more ability to restore services in a more efficient and safe way with our resources, our, our people equipment. So those are three big areas, better visibility, better protection, and better um, tools and, and, uh, and fleet resources so that our crews can work in a more efficient manner would be uh, ex- examples of what we're working on now moving into the future. The last question, Kenny, is that there's been talk, there have been changes at your company, and there's a fresh strategy perspective that's coming. Can you describe what, what new elements of that fresh pr- perspective might be beyond what we've already talked about? I really, really can't get into that today. Maybe we can put that on a calendar and agenda in the future. Um, but that's not really something that I have a lot to share with you today, but we can definitely find time in the future. Well, it's definitely an evolving story, and uh, you and your company are on the forefront, so we do want to take you up on that and reconvene down the road a bit. Love to do that. And again, thanks for including us today, and uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk. Thanks, Kenny. Okay. Kenny Mercado, who's the Senior Vice President of Electric Utilities at Centerpoint Energy, who's sharing his insights about what it's like to be on the leading edge of the utility industry. You have been listening to Grid Talk. You can send us feedback or questions here at gridtalk at enroll.gov. And we encourage you to give the podcast a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or to subscribe, please visit smartgrid.gov. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.